it. I don't want to be this person who's giving like such a half-assed attempt at this yoga course, which I know is going to make me feel good because when I did go yeah. and then I did practice, it mm. felt great. Like yeah. I felt so connected with my yeah. body and I felt uh, a lot of things that I was battling mm. just had a little bit more space in my mind. What's happening humans? Welcome to the Blabberry with me Sai Sandesh Markham. First of all, I'd like to wish you all a happy new year and I hope you all have a fruitful and a kind 2020 and an amazing decade ahead. Today's guest on the podcast is Meeda Baskar. Meeda is a yoga instructor. She is a student of the yoga. She and her cousin have started a shala called as Amrita Bindu which is right here in Bangalore. This interview is very personal and very special to me because I've known Meeda for a little over 20 years. We were school buddies who grew up together and we've known each other's struggles, success, failures, everything. And it's my honor to share her story to you. Her story translates to how you should never give up what you're looking for and keep searching, keep seeking no matter how many wrong turns you take. Keep looking for that one thing you belong to and devote your life to it. On this episode we speak about how Meeda chose different career paths before she decided to become a yoga instructor and how that changed the entire perspective of her life. So before we get into the episode, all I ask of you is on whatever platform you are listening to this episode, please do take a screenshot and put it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. My handle is Sai Sandesh Markham. That will help me understand how many of you are listening to it and that will certainly help me grow. This is Meeda Baskar. Here we go. Welcome to the Blackberry Meeda Baskar, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Thank you for having me. No, it's, it's my pleasure actually, and we've known each other for so long, so long that I've known you longer than my own wife. So, <laughs> donkey years it is. <laughs> yeah, donkey years. So we've been school buddies, and we've continued this friendship, and we've both chosen different different paths that we've never thought we would have yeah. back in sixth standard and seventh standard. So, Second standard. <laughs> third. Third, yes. Third standard. You know, I used to call you lipstick. <laughs> you did not just bring that up on the podcast. <laughs> we'll have this conversation separately now. Yeah. So, um, we've known each other for so long. Now you are doing something amazing, and uh, actually, you are the first episode of 2020. So. Thank Ooh, you so me. much. <laughs> yeah, and and I wanted to be a very nice, intriguing episode. Uh, also, I wanted to do it with a, someone that I known for so long, because it would be much more easier conversation for me to have. And also, I want to let people who are listening to know your story. So um, let's let's start with your childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can omit me out of it. <laughs> fabulous childhood i mean i i went to a uh, a pretty small school with a lot of us who i mean of course you know a lot of this but just for uh, other yeah. listeners right like same folks is not a small school <laughs> okay yeah yeah i mean i went to christ college after that and it felt like a zoo but you know <laughs> okay uh school was great uh, uh there were a bunch of diverse people with various interests and i i think we suddenly had a lot of space to do whatever we wanted and still go through our childhood and we, yeah. we had a great bunch of people yeah. doing similar things yeah. and their own things yeah, so actually, yeah yeah, yeah. And, um, and it was it was something that uh, we had a lot of activities also we had a lot of activities and i think that at that point of time we weren't really focused just on academics i mean that that was there but then we all had our own thing there was drama there was karate yes. there was uh, sport there was uh, inter school competitions yeah. uh, there was a whole bunch of flavor in our childhood I actually so, yeah yeah we both did not have a different like totally yeah. different childhood so whatever that i did you did along yeah. with us we used to do drama together yeah uh, i think the only oh yeah i think i'm sure listeners wants to know about your karate 
yeah. expedition please <laughs> so it's actually a really funny story because you know in second standard um, uh, my mother wanted to take my sister and me to nepal okay she planned this uh, summer vacation where she would go- take us to the himalayas and you know make us fall in love with the mountains like she was right and I think just one or two days before the school closed, right. somebody came to the class and announced that there were going to be karate classes. Uh-huh. And I don't even know why I made this decision on the spot without asking anybody. I said, I'm going to be doing karate this semester. I mean, this summer, right? <laughs> and I went back to my mom and I said, so listen, you go. I will stay back with dad and my aunt and, you know, I will do karate every day. And uh, you guys go have fun because I'll have the best of my life to see Nepal. Yeah. So she was like, are you sure? I mean, you don't know how beautiful this space is, right? Yeah. But I said, no, I really just want to do karate. And like none of my friends were doing it or like, I don't even know where this, yeah. this random decision came from. And I signed up and I started going and, you know, there was... a whole bunch of kids from my school that yeah. signed up and mm-hmm. i think most of them left in one or two months but mm-hmm. like it stuck yeah it's like with me it just stuck it just there was no thought mm-hmm. uh, and like i guess now looking back at my yoga journey i think mm-hmm. that that sort of strain continued because when when i really like doing something i don't really have mm-hmm. uh, like am i doying the right thing is it hard it's going to be hard mm-hmm. waking up at 5 in the morning mm-hmm. none of those things ever cross my mind right like it's amazing every morning i would just wake up go do karate whatever like yeah. my hands and legs at that point in time i mean in second standard what i was going to do right? like, and they would make us run and they would like it was in it, it, at that point it was in mini forest it was in on the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was mud we were like yeah. we ended up coming really soiled and like <laughs> hair full of dirt ah, and dust no, I remember <laughs> I remember and like the hoodies and <laughs> you know <laughs> it was a really nice morning yeah. and it was funny because we did not move to the uh, school building I guess until 4th yes first yes. second and third we were uh, in, in different houses, houses. yeah <laughs> summer uh, uh, my karate sir continued his school okay. program and okay. then on the terrace or something he would make us practice okay. and that's how it just stuck and i went through the ranks i went yeah. uh, white belt and then at the end of the summer there was like a 10 km run that none of us were ready for but we just sort of did it then right. <laughs> and then you know th- went to the yellow blue and and so on right like i yeah, followed yeah. the ranks and there there would be periodic tests and they would teach us katas and then you know by itself there was a routine there was mm-hmm. a regime that you know we had i would be regular to class and then i had my own set of friends mm-hmm. and then they took us to karate tournaments i remember like i i, I was just thinking about this yesterday right uh-huh. like i remember my first karate tournament completely unprepared right <laughs> no stamina no endurance no like form and like he just pushed us into a fighting match right and just 5 minutes before the match he said you have to go and you have to win like it's it's sports karate right it right. was not full contact sport right. but it was just like there were rules and like you had to like a lot of it was based on technique rather than power right. so that that really helped me but like yeah. i don't think my opponent really believed that <laughs> because oh. my opponent was like the daughter of a black belt and she oh. would been there and having had done that for a long time so this is around i think third standard of oh standard. shit okay so i walk in and i'm like okay i have to protect myself so i'm just like standing and they're like all of my karate class um my classmates around me and they're saying do this do that and i'm like do i pay attention to you or do i I'm like what am i supposed to be doing like it's so confusing they just told me hajme means fight yame means stop fighting that's oh, okay. all i knew and i came back really beaten up like she gave me like i think five slap kick like snap kicks to my face oh. and my jaw was like hurting i could not open my mouth and i had a headache oh. i was like okay so this is what a tournament yeah, feels like yeah that's good no that's good you faced this battle early on in your life <laughs> I mean, we never got beaten up I mean, we got beaten by our parents <laughs> But that is something you don't fight back. You get beaten up more when you do that. Or your teachers. Yeah. <laughs> But this would have been like an experience that, you know, maybe it kind of prepared you for 
the future is our... I, I definitely think so because I think I, I mean maybe not this tournament but yeah. generally like I think that was one thing that we all really looked forward to because mm-hmm. tournaments brought out the best in us right yeah. like we all got together as one team and we mm. were all just there for each yeah, other yeah. and uh you know during fights we would have these preps that we would do with each other in this strategy about what this other person yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. kind of what is their strength which hand is their powerful hand dominant hand right. and like we would all go be snooping for each other about <laughs> their previous fights and like it would be a whole bunch of things and not just that i think that my tournament experience right. really shaped a lot of right. um my own preferences right, right. like because it was hard at that point my karate sir yeah. was hardcore right yeah, yeah <laughs> he yeah. would take us sometimes we would have something to eat sometimes we wouldn't have things to eat sometimes we would have to like there would be one big hall where boys and girls would all like there would be 50 people in one hall yeah. <laughs> and we would have our sleeping bags yeah there was one time that you know on the in in december in old delhi we all slept out on the road this is around 6 7 Six seven. Yeah. Wow. I remember this. This was like the sensational story <laughs> yeah. of the school. Bhavna, you, yeah, all yeah, these yeah. people, right? And, and this one time, what happened is we were going to like an All India tournament, and right. it was in Chandigarh or like one of those Punjab right. states because that's where it would mostly happen. Right. And um, the train that we had booked, I think. uh the bogey that we had booked had been cancelled or some such thing mm-hmm. and then there was a huge ruckus that my mm-hmm. there is a huge fit that my karate sir threw so they said okay at the last minute we can only arrange a sitting thing yeah right? yeah and it was like a two and a half day uh journey right. but it was not like individual bucket seats right, right. like it was just like wooden planks so it's for three birds we just had two <laughs> okay. so for two and a half days bhavna okay. and i spent like bhavna is my best friend she's also my uh, my friend from karate uh, class right yeah. so we spent like in the small berth both of us are sleeping yeah <laughs> and we have like bags in the bogey like at the compartment and then right. there is there's like one bed sheet and then there are two people sleeping there oh damn <laughs> but you know honestly i think these things sort of prepared us for anything like Absolutely. we were happy like Absolutely. we weren't really thinking oh we required this or yeah, we yeah, yeah. deserved that yeah. or you know and i think that now i'm okay yeah <laughs> i guess in that way, way yeah because if uh, we were not we were not thrown into these kind of situations right uh, we did not know all of these things we were just kids back then but i think karate brought about a discipline even through the sport yeah as well as through the journey that you just explained yeah. right like it kind of breaks so what what belt did you end up with uh so i went up to the black belt wow uh first dan okay. and then i i spent a lot of time uh, practicing post that as well okay. until i think about college when you know wow. i got busy with uh, things that i was doing that i could not pursue karate further but give me a period. chance no 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 uh degree law school law school okay yeah. okay oh yeah that that's that's one more interesting story i want to talk about <laughs> i swear you got to talk about that so yeah now now you are uh, can i say yogini is that what people call is this i, a, I practice yoga i i'm a student yoga. of yoga you're a student of yoga yeah. i think that you know one of the things about yoga is that it it sort of encompasses many many ideas and many uh-huh. many things uh, uh one of the things that happens as a consequence of uh, you know with, with the popularity of yoga right. is that uh, yoga is understood as asana right a lot of people who practice asana mm-hmm. is thought of as a person who practices yoga but it right. it's, a, it's it's a broader uh, yeah, idea yeah, yeah. um so i primarily practice hatha yoga right okay um there are different kinds of yoga um but two main important things i can uh, you know sort of tell you this yeah. um Hatha yoga is the yoga that involves practices like asana pranayama uh the cleansing the detox practices mm-hmm. which is focused a lot around the uh understanding of yourself mm-hmm. starting with the body going into the mind oh okay right raja yoga is a much more elaborate practice mm-hmm. which focuses on stilling the mind mm-hmm. and uh getting you ready to experience life just the way it is wow right so that that is a much more complicated much more 
difficult practice right. in this day and age right. because we are just such complicated people we have <laughs> so many thoughts so many emotions yeah. so many unprocessed biases uh, perspectives yeah. um so many things that color our lens absolutely right yeah, absolutely. so raj yoga increasingly became harder okay. without the 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 grounding of the body mm. right so mm. hatha yoga therefore is something that all of us need before we access mm. wow uh, that's amazing <laughs> before i come to this yoga right because you have a very interesting story before what happened you did a lot of things you were into a lot of things i mean if i remember <laughs> Did you always wanted to do yoga or what were your career dreams before this? Oh, I, <laughs> that's a long list. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know if the podcast has the time. <laughs> no, we we have all the time in the world, please. Because I want people to know the story. I know the story, but I want people to know the story because I believe it's kind of inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I'm I'm uh, I've always been somebody with um with a fascination for the for the for the universe right for for big things for things that are so incredibly complicated and marvelous yeah. that you know brings a sparkle to my eye like yeah. i've always wanted to work with something that makes yeah. me feel like expanded to a level that i've never comprehended that's, possible that's nice. right so i think i started i think way back in fifth standard um and for a long time yeah. i wanted to become an astrophysicist <laughs> because i was fascinated by the universe yeah. fascinated by stars and um uh, the space and how how things work and mm. just the, the enormity of it right yeah. just the 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 stellar size of right. the world uh fascinated me right and i spent a lot of time pursuing planning my career yeah. around it until one day i realized that Uh, I was still very much in love with the subject but I mm. didn't know if I wanted to spend the rest of my life mm. pursuing these questions. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work more with people and yeah. find out how their space in the universe, how mm. they perceive their space in the universe mm. and how they connect with the universe at large. Mm. Mm. Right so then I picked up uh I wanted to do psychology I briefly played with the idea of working with psychology and mm. Uh, I realized that maybe an application-based understanding of psychology is what I want to do. Okay. So I studied law. Wow. So that's that's where my idea of law school and all of those things came right, by right. because law, in in its basic essence, mm-hmm. is about how people interact with each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About how they try to make sense of human interaction. Right. Right. So I was very clear that you know from like law school I wanted to do policy and work with people who really don't have a voice and um uh you know help mm. formulate policies for uh people who really just don't have a say in what's happening to them. Understood. Yeah. So I was clear that I wanted to work and 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 for me because I come from a background of um mm-hmm. like my mom's a, a teacher. Right. And I've always wanted to teach. I mean, like as far back as high school I started teaching karate. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to teach you physics all the time. <laughs> I I was just about to say that. Yeah. And and it's just something that that is very inherently me. Yeah. Like I've never had to put an effort yeah. into wanting to teach. I think right. teaching is more like a desire to share absolutely right? absolutely so um and we were also blessed with really nice teachers absolutely yeah uh, in and our school days and yes and and it really i think teaching makes a space to elevate right like yeah. it expands people's ideas in absolutely and most of these things that bind us that limit us don't has i mean doesn't have a space where teaching is concerned yeah yeah right and it's inherently about making people feel right and in the process me- making myself My- that this is something yeah. that teachers don't tell you but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, and then and then ha- teach for india happened yes so just before that I, i i knew that i wanted to work with education policy because of my inherent belief uh-huh. in teaching as a as a way to empower people right right Um so I did a couple of internships with think tanks and uh you know policy based work and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and I didn't find myself there right okay. like I 
thought that it was far too intellectual for me. Okay. So my temperament was not really matching because okay. I, I felt that there was a huge disconnect between mm-hmm. what people thought people needed and mm-hmm. what actually people mm-hmm. needed. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course, there are some people who sort of say that, you know, that's where you step in and sort of bridge the gap. Yes. But I felt that I would be better suited with my uh, mm. state of mind and my set skill set mm. in actually being on the field and yeah. uh, working with people more regularly than being somebody who thinks about the solutions and Absolutely. visualizes what people need. Understood. Right. So that's when I picked up Teach for India. Mm-hmm. Uh, I law school was going down the drain <laughs> <laughs> because again, this policy yeah, yeah. is what I started it for, yeah. and it was not. I was not finding myself there. Mm. So I did Teach for India also to see if there was a way that mm-hmm. I understood what uh, uh, what the challenges of teaching people were mm-hmm. on, on the field. Mm. Uh, and then maybe I would be able to connect the dots and right. find a space, a niche that right. I would want to work with. Wow. So I, and you moved to Pune, right? Yes. And we had like a huge party before she went. We <laughs> awesome send off in Purple Haze. <laughs> in China, Swagat, Karuda. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, I cannot believe your memory. <laughs> yeah, no, my memory is like amazing. I swear yeah. to God, it's, it's really good. You have to give me tips, by the way. <laughs> so you, you moved to Pune. How long were you there? How, how long did you do this? So the program typically lasts two years. Okay. Um, I could not finish the entire program. I was there for a year and a half. Okay. And things fell apart there. And I what had to happened? Come back. Uh, a whole bunch of things. I mean, there were there were a lot of challenges because I was away from home for the first time. Okay. Um, also, like, for me to find a place there was just got really complicated because I was living around college students and then, you know, they start their booking of the houses, like, very early. Before I got there, most oh, of the houses okay. were booked out. Okay. And there was a challenge finding a place and mm. then I had roommates that caused trouble and then I was kicked out of the house along with my roommates. Oh my god. It's a whole bunch of things and Teach for India itself is quite intense as a program. Mm -hmm. Right? So you have school then you have after class uh, tuitions for the kids who actually need it because these kids are way back in their learning levels. So like a second standard kid would have the learning level of a UKG or an LKG child. Oh. So they have to actually catch up to be mm. able to do second standard level syllabus. Understood. Okay. Right? And a lot of them don't have the kind of support systems that we do right. for them to understand a lot of things. Okay. Right? So we would have post-class uh, tuitions, mm. mm-hmm. one-on-one sessions, mm-hmm. and we would have home visits so that we understand the perspective, the, the context of the kids. So we would have to go to their houses, oh. make home visits, go into slums, talk to the parents, find out if there's any problem that, you know, can be fixed with a small perspective change yeah, yeah. that, you know, would really make a difference to the kids learning in school. Understood. Understood. And post that, we'd have meetings. Right. So I would have like a 13, 14 hour work day because after that, I had to come back home uh-huh. and plan for the next day. Oh. And it, it, it was a bit challenging because I was dealing with second standard kids. Uh-huh. And in my first year, I had, uh, so generally the ratio is 30 is to 1. Okay. Uh, one teacher and 30 children. But... I had 50, 56 children. Wow. And so I walked in um, bright eyed and, Mm. you know, saying you have to learn discipline. You have to want to study by yourself. Otherwise, it just doesn't sustain over a long period Mm. of time. So I had behavioral issues Mm. because I'm practically as tall as they are. (laughs) (laughs) They found it a bit difficult to (laughs) take me seriously. (laughs) But yes, and eventually we sorted those things out and I didn't get that much support from Teach for India with Mm. program managers or like volunteers and Mm. stuff like that. So it started getting very, very challenging for me along with like these house. So I had to finish all of that and go house hunting and like the food was not that like I my palate did not really match. Right. I could not, I didn't have the time to find out what kind of things I needed to fix. Yeah, so yeah. my lifestyle was off mm-hmm. and I would survive on tea all day because I would not have time to eat in between. Yeah, yeah. And also I think at that point of time, I was quite disconnected from my body. So I would not even notice hunger. Uh-huh. Right. Like I, I would not be able to say this is when I'm hungry and this is when I'm not. Right. I would survive on two, three hours of sleep. Right. Uh, but 
since I was so motivated to teach kids and like whatever, mm-hmm. um, I was able to push it for one and a half years. Wow. And then at the last, at the end of it, uh-huh. a lot of things came crumbling down. Uh-huh. So I think I was, I started falling really sick. Obviously that happens, right? Yeah. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, your immunity suffers and you know, my state of mind started to suffer because by then it had been a long time with behavioral issues, with working of with course, children yes. and yeah. like, so Teach for India was also like, you know, what are we doing here? Right. right? So I was like, you know, I need more help. So there was a back and forth that was happening between Teach for India and mm. me. And then there was like, still my, my house issues were sorted by then. Yeah. But I didn't have a cook or anything of that yeah. sort. Um, so I had already started, um, yeah, my health was constantly going up and down. Mm. Uh, at the end of it, I had like a really bad fever or something. I think the mm-hmm. tipping edge was when like I, I lost most of the plans I made because I lost my laptop. There was a whole <laughs> bunch of disasters that, you know, sort of collided. Right. And then I said, I can't fight anymore. Like I really need to okay. stop and take care of myself now. Right. Uh, that would probably be best for everybody around me and right. myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I said, uh, let me really, really revisit a lot of my own questions and right. then pick up. So I came back to finish law school. Oh, okay. So you finished law school. Yes. So, and after you finished law school, what happened? So I came back and almost immediately started yoga. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was because of all of this that mm-hmm. I think I even considered something like yoga. I mean, I had done yoga before uh-huh. and it is incredibly powerful, right? Like, Absolutely. I've always believed that yoga is very powerful. Absolutely. I used to go once in a while with my mom to her teacher and he was, there was something about him, right? Like, so magnetic. Like, yeah. I, I have had maybe five minutes of interactions mm-hmm. out, out of like maybe 30 classes. Wow. But there's something about him that makes him so magnetic. Uh-huh. That makes him feel like he looks, he looked very, very uh, at peace with himself. <laughs> okay. and, and at that point, I think this was around like first or second PU. Yeah, yeah. There's not much else I could see. Yeah. And I was all, honestly doing it because... The physical rigor of the asanas felt good, Mm -hmm. right? And then it sort of just dropped off because it was nothing more than that. And like I got busy with my stuff. I just, you know, maybe karate had become less. So I needed something else. So that's when I, my mom said, come to yoga class. And I went and it sort of just Mm. fizzled out. Mm. And so when I came back, um, my cousin, who's also my teacher, his name is Sandeep. He, um... He had come home for like one of these festivals or something like that. Right. And he said, so I'm starting a yoga course. Okay. Why don't you come? It, you, it looks like you really need it. Yeah. And he, I, I used to practice, he's also a martial artist. Oh, okay. So uh, he's, he's somebody who spent his entire life mm. practicing martial arts. And he has a way of bringing so many things together that makes sense. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I used to talk to him very often about my own karate experiences and like this happened, that happened and he would explain the philosophy behind it. And I would say, wow, I didn't even know that so much thought went mm-hmm. into something as simple as sitting in Madrasana during breaks. Wow. Right? So it was used to be very, very, like I would look forward to, mm-hmm. you know, understand the things mm-hmm. that I was doing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also used to practice kickboxing for a very brief while okay. uh, in between with him, like mm-hmm. under him. Right? So when he came and he said, I'm starting a yoga course. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to practice with you. Yoga, let's see. But, you know, you <coughs> as a teacher, please take me. <laughs> right? And yoga teachers training. I don't want to be a yoga teacher, you know, like... Huh. Yoga also, I don't know. Yoga yeah. teacher also, I don't know. Don't but know. you teacher, I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, he said, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just come. Right. <laughs> so, he's he's a kind of person who just lets you have your own questions and nice. find your own answers. And That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> he's a very non-interfering person mm. who just says... He's like literally like, you know, Master Shifu. <laughs> wow. He'll say something and then he'll walk away and then sit wondering about it for a really long time (laughs) and go back and ask him what did you really mean (laughs) 
that happens when you do that you know but when you listen to something so deep you kind of have a feeling that you understood yeah but then later when you go and revisit it you have absolutely no no <laughs> and, and suddenly it feels like there is like this opening that happens of this yeah. entire picture that you never really thought that what it meant I right I swear to god yeah so <laughs> i yeah. mean it sounds really magical and mystical but okay. like so i started this course uh, okay. with him so you joined this course as a student yes okay it was a so he said see i'm not going to give certificates it's not it's not a certification course this is for you to mm. learn mm. and answer questions that you have about yourself okay If you're interested, come. Otherwise, it's all right. Okay. And this is this is a course that he was curating mm-hmm. for just people he knew. Right. And uh, it was just close friends and like I was the only family that was there. Right. Right. So it was a a very small like five people group mm-hmm. that would meet four times a week. Okay. And we would start at five fifteen, five thirty. Okay. And it would go up to seven thirty eight on weekends. It would just go up the entire day. Because <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was damn enthusiastic about it because just after I came back, my lifestyle just got even worse because I was really depressed. Yeah, yeah. It was a job that I loved, and like the kids had taken over my life for one and a half years, and yeah. suddenly I came back to nothing. I can understand. <laughs> I came yeah. back to law school. <laughs> <laughs> that by itself should be enough for people to understand. <laughs> okay. Right. So I came back. so uh, i i was feeling so sorry for myself and like i didn't feel sorry for the kids because i i i i was sure that they would be fine they were yeah. incredible kids mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they had a lot of things sorted in their head and they we had worked on many things so i i was sure that the kids would be okay but i was feeling like oh my god you know like how did i screw this up and yeah. maybe i should have done different things and like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of guilt and shame and like um, many many things i know i know Kind of eats you up. Yeah, and yeah. so like I was still not eating correctly. I'm even though I was back home, it was slightly better. But like mm. I would either sleep through weeks or wake up mm. and stay awake through weeks. Mm. And like I had very very erratic schedules. And then I would go to college if I felt mm. like I would not go. If if you don't. Yeah, yeah. there's there's just a lot of up and down. Mm. And so um, at that point, he just said, "Just come do the course." So that that was one thing that kept a lot of. Um, Like I would plan around it and stuff like that, but it would so happen that you know every day I'd make make up my mind. I'd even keep my alarm to wake uh-huh. up at four. Uh huh. But I'd end up falling asleep by three <laughs> thirty. Oh. And I would be like, you know, I have a headache. I have yeah. fever. Like, how do I go? Yeah. And I would send him a message saying, I'm up. I really want to come. I'm even taking bath, but I'm just not able to move. Yeah. So when he felt like it, he would reply saying, okay. When he didn't feel like it, I wouldn't even get a reply. Yeah. <laughs> But it just got to a point where I said, you know, how many excuses can I give? Right? Like, yeah. this is it. I don't want to be this person who's giving like such a half-assed attempt at this yoga course, which I know is going to make me feel good. Because when I did go, yeah, and I did practice, it mm. felt great. Like yeah. I felt so connected with my yeah. body, and I felt ah uh, a lot of things that I was battling. Mm. Just had a little bit more space in my mind. Understood. Right. Yeah. It was not dramatic for yeah, sure. Yeah, of course, of course. Right, but it was, it was huge for me at that point. Yeah. That that feeling of just being able to feel like I could deal with the things that I was going through was enough. Yeah. Right. So I said, okay, this is it. Whatever, like even if I've not slept at all, I'll come back and sleep. But I'm just going to. Go there, right? I'm just gonna show up, and mm. if I can't do anything there, I will sit there and I will watch other people do it. But I will go. Yeah. And I think that really changed everything for me. Wow. So Sandeep always says, in in fact, he he says that even now he says showing up to a yoga class is about fifty percent of your practice. Absolutely. Right. That applies to everything. Right. That applies Absolutely. to gym. That applies to your workout. That applies to everything. Anything. Anything. Right. So I think. And now that I'm on this side of the fence, mm-hmm. I I I have spoken to like I have some students who plan for years, right? right. And it's not just planning, right? Mm. To their credit, mm. they keep things aside. They make space for yoga class, and they really just want to make it. But something stops them, and they're just not able to come. And this this is not like months. Sometimes mm. it's five, six, ten years. Wow! Right? And every week they plan. Shit. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Right? So showing up. Showing up. Is the most important, important. skill. So right? you became um and uh, you were a student then you became an instructor as well. You became a teacher. Yeah. You became a teacher yeah. and then uh, did you both start this shala together? Yes, we did. So Amruta Bindu, right now I am at this shala. So it's an amazing place. It's in JP Nagar, uh, Bangalore. You can find it on Google and uh, it is so quiet that we decided to do this podcast <laughs> over here because it's much more quieter than everywhere else. And it, it's amazing. The vibe itself, like well, while we were discussing before we started the episode, the vibe itself in a place where yoga is conducted, you were saying it's all about positivity, right? I mean, is it something that you bring in as a teacher or it just happens automatically because yoga itself is a positive thing? I think the at the, at the root of a practice like yoga is upliftment, Okay. right? It is to transcend all of the things that bind us, Okay. right? And so I think it's like a, a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy, right? Like mm. the practice mm. uh, makes you positive and mm. as a teacher, you reinforce positivity and therefore the practice. So it's like a, it's like a upward spiral. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. any place where, in fact, it's not just a practice of yoga. Mm-hmm. They say that um, any place, like let's say in your house. Okay. If you are able to do one practice, like even if it is to sit down and do okay. nothing for five minutes, right? Okay. But sit in a way that you are present there. At the same time, every day for over a period of time, okay. you create a kind of energy around it. Oh, That's wow. how temples work. Oh. You have a bunch of people right. with the same kind of intention to, to surrender, to connect with the cosmos, to give up to a higher force, right. coming in doing the same kind of practices for yeah. over a period of time. Yeah. So as soon as you walk into some spaces, you yeah. feel it immediately. Like you don't even have to put an effort into doing wow. something. But this happens unconsciously as well. That's amazing, <laughs> right? Because we do have that space, that place somewhere in your home or anywhere else where suddenly when you walk in, it hits you. Yes. It hits you, right? And this I felt in Tirupati. Yes. When we enter the main temple. Absolutely. And this is where some places, so let's say if you've spent uh, all of your depressed time in your room, in uh-huh. one corner. Okay. The moment you walk in and you're not depressed and you go to that space, right. you get that, that sense. Ah. This happens whether you know it or not. Okay. But to make it a practice yeah. is the key to this right. understanding. That's amazing. So that's why you think shalas and everything have that kind of a, because when we went to Isha Foundation, right, in Coimbatore, near Coimbatore, I think we went in June, July for my friend's wedding. I have to say, I'm not the kind of guy who practices yoga. I've never done yoga in my life. Where Arpita does it, was doing it before, she stopped and she's doing it again now. And I can see the positive change. And when I went there, the energy was something else, right? It was just, you could feel it. And you get goosebumps. Outside. I swear, you get goosebumps <laughs> and you're like, there's something positive happening right within me. And I'm not kidding. I don't, I'm not a guy who appreciates all these things. I don't like change. If I see something, <laughs> if I see a bed, I need to sleep. That's it, right? But this kind of felt, and now when I came to your uh, shala, I have to say this is the only shala that I've been to, uh, uh, that I've spent time uh, over here. The first time when I came here, I felt the same thing. Today, I'm feeling the same thing. And that's why I wanted to ask you if, can it, it, like you said, this could be done anywhere, right? It could be at your home, it could be in your school, it could be in your workspace, anywhere. All you need to do is just get belong to a particular space. So if, by chance, a person has completely bad vibes around his home or his office. Where do you th- is, is yoga something that they can practice to get it? Because you yourself said that from your life, whatever it was, let me call it shambles because that's what it sounded like. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you started practicing yoga and then that completely changed. So everyone's got different struggles, right? Absolutely. Yes. Can yoga be a perfect solace? I would not call it perfect okay. and I would not call it solace, okay. right? Like, uh, I think yoga helps you find what you mm. need to fix. 
Wow. Right? That perspective. Mm. Most of the people think of yoga as a as a um, as a thing that you do, yeah. right? Like asana, yeah. like you do Surya Namaskara, you do yeah. Trikonasana, you yeah. whole bunch of things. But for me, this is again a very personal uh, journey or mm. whatever learning that I've I, I've had with my experience with yoga. Yoga, like when you do these asanas, when you do these practices, when you do uh, a whole bunch of things. The, the space that is created that you are able to see your own life mm. and say, what is it that, mm. you know, I really need to do mm. to make that change wow. is what I would take out of it. Wow. Right? That's amazing. And it's not, it's most of the times very difficult because a practice like introspection. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Reflection is like taking a stick and beating yourself up. <laughs> For being yeah. really, really yeah. stupid in some choices that yeah. you make. But yeah. I think that that's very important. It's very important. It's very important. You know, I had a guest, the first guest, uh, second guest actually on this podcast was Kreshma, who is a fashion designer. And uh, in the end, she speaks about this. She speaks about introspection and reflection, the exact two words. <laughs> and that's like, who's false right? <laughs> I cannot believe that. Um, because I think the most powerful thing for anybody is mm-hmm. to know themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I think that I don't know why or how this happened. Mm. We spend a lot of time mm. sort of scolding ourselves or trying to push ourselves in different directions mm. rather than understanding who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not an action. Yeah. Yeah. That's an attitude. That's an attitude. Nice. I've been in a very dark place from a year back and the recent episode on my podcast also spoke about that and... How I started to get out of it was to do something called as this replacing of thoughts, right? So what I started to do, and both, Arpita and I, we both were in that space because we both were in that uh, dark times together. Of course, we were there for each other always. Mm -hmm. We were there for each other always. And what I started to do was very recently, very recently, right? Right from October or so, I started meditating. I've never done this in my life. The Mm -hmm. only time I meditated was when my uncle had joined a course and he came to our home and he spoke about this and I did that and even in Pondicherry I, f- I met a group of friends and they all went to this uh, ashram I'm, I'm so sorry I don't know which one it is and we they were sitting there and everybody was meditating and I was just not there like you said you have to be present in the place right I was just not there but I don't know why this October, when I thought I have to do it, every morning when we wake up and do it, Medha, for five minutes, I am there. I think it's all about that mindset, right? Because my mind is filled with so much of dark thoughts, like why this, why that, why why did it happen to me and all these things. When I started doing all these things, they started getting replaced. They started getting replaced. They started getting replaced. So every day in the morning, now I'm decided to, I'm not going to touch my phone. I'm going to sit down first, I'm going to meditate, and then I'm going to do everything else. So... Why, why I was talking about meditation is because I don't know, but is it, are these two closely related? They are the same. They are the same thing. Right? So, see, I, I would think of it as different practices to, the, to do the same thing, right? Like the okay. goal is the same. Okay. You use your, it's like, let's say I want to teach you a principle. Okay. I can teach you this principle through a story. Okay. I can teach you a principle through demonstrating it. I can teach you a principle through uh, putting you in a difficult place and letting you figure it out. <laughs> so the tools are different. Right. Right? Right. So you can use asana to do it. Mm. You can use meditation to do it. Mm. You can use uh, talking to a friend to do it. Mm. You can use eating to do it. Mm. Mm. But what the goal of what you're doing mm. is determines how the practice becomes. This is why a lot of people who mm. practice yoga don't mm. practice yoga. Because it's about how much you can stretch, how much uh, how much of their uh, forward bend is good or like how can they touch their forehead to the knee or how much asanas can, they can do like handstands and scorpions and, and stuff like that. Because right. if that becomes the goal, if that becomes the focus of what you're doing, right. then that's all it would be. Absolutely. It's like taking... A forest fire to light a cigarette. <laughs> right? <laughs> that, it's a very powerful It's always practice. like that. It's yeah. always like that. And um, tell me this. Um, if there are people like me, 
who have never done yoga in their life right and uh, who are still deciding they're on the fence mm-hmm. like should i do should i not do my wife is doing i want to <laughs> do it and all this and like i have a friend like you right now you are doing something like this what would you tell me or somebody like me who's on the fence to start doing yoga i'm not saying convince me but what was that one thing that you would say actually i would do very less talking i'd invite you to a class oh wow <laughs> boom what if you're talking huh? boom i love that i love that okay so that's best right once yeah you... because see i think like you said right like just going by your own experience of meditation right yes the only real way that you know a practice sticks with you is if it makes you feel good right yeah and there's nothing more powerful than something that makes you feel good because you just keep wanting to do it. you keep wanting to do it again and again absolutely that's so true that is so true so that's good so let's talk about this shala mm-hmm. right amrita bindu when did it start so we started close to 5 years ago wow okay <laughs> yeah amazing yeah and uh, what do you do essentially over here because there are a lot of yoga schools l- l- let me put that out there there is a lot of everything and uh, we can speak about cult as well because i don't care <laughs> right i don't care uh, because my cult is also coming to this mind fit and they throw this incredible stupidness offers that you know makes you feel like okay fine i'm going to go join here because at the end of the day for a human mentality for an indian mentality it's the discount and it's the price you would know so what do you do essentially that is so different from everybody else um i i would not say that we're very different in, in okay. terms of anything else um but we i can just tell you about what we do yeah please please um so we have group classes okay uh we do personalized sessions for people who are not able to either attend a group class because okay. they have spe- specific needs or they are not able to make it because of time differences right uh we also do yoga courses and workshops for people who have been practicing for a while and now they have started to have questions about why does this make me feel good yeah what part of it uh do i want to focus on yeah. how do i get deeper and how do i make this a more lifestyle based thing so those are, those are the kind of like that's an evolution of right. a yoga practitioner right? Right. right you start you feel really good and that that's that stays for some time mm. and then you start to have questions yeah right correct so these courses and workshops workshops are about that yeah okay right so okay. some some are uh, like a teacher's training course oh. uh, the kind that i did okay it's just called a teacher's training course but most of the people who do it mm-hmm. don't do it to become yoga teachers it's sort of again at some point mm-hmm. when you feel really confident and when you feel like this is a practice that i can't keep for myself that really needs to go to other people that's when you start to teach oh so you also teach teachers over here like whoever wants to teach you also do that over here yes. that's amazing so if somebody wants to who has learned for a while yes. uh, who has been doing this for a while mm-hmm. suddenly decides that you know i want to know more about yoga i want to start teaching they can come to amrita bindu yes they can that's, that's mm-hmm. amazing that's and amazing. and i think that that's one of the like even if i say so myself mm-hmm. i think that's one of the things that i really enjoy about our work because uh I had the good fortune of being personally mentored by Sandeep. Sandeep is my uh, cousin. Your cousin. Right? He's our academic director. Okay. Right? So he's the person who puts courses together, who mentors teachers and who is able to guide them on on the path. Nice. Right? So I think that that's one of the things that really stands out to me because I know the value of personal mentoring mm-hmm. with somebody who has gone through the experience, who knows the different yeah. Yeah. uh you know opportunities yeah. and i think that that's one of the things that for me personally in my journey mm-hmm. he would never let me rest like every time i said okay i've done these many things mm-hmm. he would say ha pick up that class that's a challenge to you that's right? amazing and learn this and i'd say why i mean i know this much he'd say do it Wow. <laughs> so I think that that that's something that I And that's what you focus over here as well just like how Sandeep was to you yeah. you are trying to be the same way to yes. so many others that's amazing yeah. that's a, because um in the time of commercialization and entrepreneurial journeys and driven driven companies genuinity is very rare when it comes to places and let me just put it out there there are a lot of meditation courses there are a lot of yoga courses there are a lot of yoga classes meditation classes hospitals everything has become a business it's yes. become a straightforward business the genuinity is not there the actual 
foundation of why it started the genuinity i mean uh, the the uh, motivation that it started is no more the inspiration is no more okay. it's all about accounts books money that's yeah. going in cash flow and everything yeah. what do you feel about that do you feel offended when something like this happens um not really i think that there is always a space for um the the depth of the practice shines mm-hmm. right Absolutely, and experience tells everything, right? Like it's a simple idea. Yeah. If you eat a rasgulla made by a by by somebody who's a master of making rasgullas, uh-huh. versus I make a rasgulla. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've not eaten what you cook, so I mean I cannot judge. I cannot say. I'm not that bad about other things, right? You're just yeah. putting it yeah. out there. Twenty twenty is nearing. What are your goals for it, and what? What are the goals for Amrita Bindu? Twenty twenty is a very exciting year for me personally, Why? as well as for the shala. Why? Because uh, we're turning thirty. Twenty twenty is exciting because I think there are a lot of new courses that we're bringing into uh, the shala. Okay. And that's very very exciting to me because this is something that we've wanted to do for a very long time. Okay. Uh, but it's taken us this much time to figure out the business of. running a space figure out uh, you know the mechanics the 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 processes and and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. so now we are in a space where a lot of things are settled and we are actually able to you know explore the things about yoga that we've always wanted to do that's amazing yeah <laughs> that's amazing so even personally this going you going to grow even more in yes, 2020 yes. right yeah um, and and also i'm i have enrolled into an msc okay. uh, in yoga oh so, nice <laughs> Yeah, so this year uh, there there's a dissertation coming up and a whole uh, bunch of practice things that I would like to do. So I have to say, now I have to just take it all back and I have to say I've known you for almost or twenty twenty two years. I guess. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, twenty twenty no. Yeah, twenty two years probably. And I have to say that you know we both know each other very well. Yes. Even though we stopped talking in the middle and like, you know, we we drifted <laughs> apart. There was always something that always yes. brought us back, and we was we start talking now. And are you amazed if you have to go back, back there, to where you are? Feels right like now? a lifetime ago. I, I feel swear. like a different person, right? I like, swear. <laughs> I I think I think it's when you meet uh, people that you grew up with that yes. you're actually able to understand. Absolutely. Because on an everyday basis, you don't do this don't kind do of throwback. I, I'm and sure. And so I think that. It's yeah it, because right now talking right I'm, yeah. right now talking I'm just thinking about all the times that we've spent together yeah. we were in TIE together yeah. we were in uh, we we used to go to Cascade together <laughs> that's right we used to do dumb shots together I used to be a wingman also sometimes you used to be my wingman as well okay so I think I did not know <laughs> to know that <laughs> she's here by the way hi. Um, okay, so uh, so Ashita, you and I will go out, and you know I can tell you all the secrets. There is nothing. <laughs> there is no secret. There is no secret. There is nothing. <laughs> you know, it was fun most more than anything because we shared the same classes together. We were yes. in the same class after a while, from eighth standard to tenth. And we did so many things together. I have to revolting say, revolting in school. Oh <laughs> shit! Everything. Oh yeah, revolting and all. Oh damn! Yeah, we did all of that. There's a lot of drama in my school. I swear <laughs> to God, and I'm so, I, I'm very happy to know where you are right now. As am uh, I. I feel incredibly lucky. Yeah, because personally, <laughs> um, I'm I'm really happy that one of my friend, who has gone through so much, who who has not had an easy journey, and I know that personally. You have come on top. You have found something, mm-hmm. and you're devoted to that. And you started living by that. I mean, I just want to say to the people who are listening is that you know it's never over. It's, it's never over. That that that's. I think you summarized what I've learned just so well <laughs> because this is the only thing that has stuck. Right. right. That there are always so many incredible things that are yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely! Oh wow, I love that. So, I love that. That's that's a good way to go over it. So I have this one question that I ask everybody who's on this podcast. I I do something called as the human to do list. Uh-huh. I started this very recently. It is something that a person has to do, an individual has to do on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a mo- monthly basis. Something very basic. 
what would you add on that list a particular activity or something what would you add what would you i do? think i've been following your uh, uh, you know uh, yeah. human to do list and that pretty much covers most things uh-huh. the only thing that i would say that uh-huh. really really makes a difference uh-huh. is to do something that you so genuinely like a child enjoy doing every day okay do one thing that you really enjoy doing okay. if it's eating chips it's eating chips right yeah. <laughs> Yeah. whatever it is that brings yeah. joy right that's, that's necessary that's amazing because that that kind of makes you feel because you all have this list of likes man or we yeah. have all the thing that and the important bit of it is to do something that brings you that joy mm. without guilt or shame for me it would be biryani <laughs> yeah. yeah it would be biryani or kebab <laughs> for me uh so yeah um okay But don't restrict it to eating. I mean, how do I give that example? <laughs> Just saying. No, I know. It could be going on a walk. I it know. It could be watching could the sunrise. Be, exactly. It could be taking time to read a book. It could be playing cricket. It could be sitting could be and watching your breath. That's amazing. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be watching a show. It could be anything. But I, I love that. I think maybe that's one of the best things that's there on the to-do list because. we forget yeah. that it's that the most joy is the most important bit of life i think yeah. that and especially the kind of work, people that i work with on a regular basis mm-hmm. we forget that we do everything to be happy absolutely absolutely and, and to anything, find that anything we do yeah. is for that anything is we do is for the joy and to fill our stomach and to just be happy to look forward yes. it's become such that nowadays we don't look forward to the tomorrow that's right and it's a Not a nice way to live. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And there's no reason to live that way. That's the unfortunate <laughs> part, right? Yeah, that's the unfortunate part, and and we see so many people in a, around us living that way yeah. day in day out. And like you said, it's the same way. You sign up for a class, but you don't go. Yeah. You sign up for a class, you don't go. You know this is not right, but you still do it. So there is, there has to be certain ways, and I feel meditation and. things like yoga brings out even though this this should not be something that somebody has to tell someone yeah you know yeah i think one of the things that we forget is that we are all trying to uh express what we think and feel and who we are yeah. through everything that we do yeah right? i know i know and when we make choices that don't really give us joy mm. we're just increasing things that other people want us to do and not just Absolutely. what we want to do i understand So it's very important that we fight back and say this yeah. is what I want. And <laughs> ashamedly. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that's a great way to end this yeah. uh, this podcast. So last thing, uh how can people get in touch with you? Um what's the website where people can go on to? Uh so www.amritabindu.com. Okay. I'm available at meeda@amritabindu. Okay. I'm on social media channels meeda baskar. Okay. So Anytime, any conversation, I'm up for it. Especially if you buy me coffee, it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. It's it's been a wonderful hour with you. I loved it. I loved it to bits. I got to know so much about a friend that I did not know. <laughs> And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was a lovely evening. I think even for me to sort of uh, put so many things that you know are on the back burner in yeah. perspective because. Yeah. I'm just starting my reflections for the year yeah. and planning for the next year so yeah. this has been a great conversation. Thank, Thank you, you so much it's been a very amazing <laughs> conversation. I'm so happy that this is the first episode of 2020 and <laughs> it's going to get even more powerful after this. So thank <laughs> you so much Meeda. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Even though I've known Meeda for so long there were certain things in the interview that I've heard for the very first time and that's what makes me so proud of her and whatever she's doing. She's giving hope and inspiring people to keep finding and keep seeking what they love and what they truly belong to even though you have to take many wrong turns to reach to that place. If you enjoyed this episode and if you think this episode made an impact on you please take a screenshot and put it up on Instagram stories and tag me my handle is saisandeshmarkam and tag meeda her handle is meeda.baskar and the shala's handle is amritabindu all the contact details and the website is linked in the show notes so go have a look go have a chat with them and if you are somebody who's looking to start your yoga journey go get in touch with them 
today. So that's about it. I will see you next Monday with a Monday morning preach. My name is Sai Sandesh Markham and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye. Woo!